Hey, it's Matterspot. Thanks for being back once again, as we have a ton to cover in this one. Yesterday was a big day for a lot of reasons. The promotion and extension of Jerry DePoto, the extension of Scott Service. We will hear from both later in the podcast. We have a couple of games to cover as the Mariners take two of three from Houston. Uh, we'll take a look at the wildcard standings, uh, some of the highlights and reaction from yesterday, and the Mariners look forward to a big road trip now as they'll take on Arizona, and then Houston coming up. So, a ton to cover. Let's start with, well, the series against the Houston Astros. Of course, the Mariners losing three of four against the Kansas City Royals. So, Houston coming in, uh, Houston bashed the Mariners a couple times on the road just a week ago, so you knew this would be a tough, tough series against the Astros. And the Mariners lost a close one in Game 1. A couple of runs in the eighth inning for the Astros. They win Game 1, 4-3. to three. So for the Mariners to, to win the series, they would have to take Game 2, and they'd have to do it against Lance McCullers. And they got a great bounce back from Yusei Kikuchi, who was excellent, went seven innings, blanking Houston on four strikeouts, really pitched well. And then what do you know? Bases loaded. Toro against Graveman, the two guys that were traded for one another, and they would battle in the eighth inning with the game on the line. Here's the stretch, and again, the 2-2 to Toro, swung on and belted, deep to right center field. This one going back, going back, grand ball, get up the right, bread and mustard. It is grand salami time. Abraham Toro with a grand slam here in the bottom of the eighth inning, and he finds the hit the Mariners have been searching for with men on base and he clears the bases here in the bottom of the eighth inning his 10th home run of the season and it gives the Mariners a 4-0 lead here in the bottom of the eighth holy smokes what a great at bat by Abraham Toro there's so many wild things about that uh, one, Graveman, who had pitched so well for the Mariners, clearly, and especially at T-Mobile Park, he had only allowed one earned run in nearly 20 innings before that inning, and he gives up four in a third of an inning. I mean, baseball, right? So Toro hits the grand slam. The Mariners win 4 nothing. Pitching was excellent. Paul Sewald and Doolittle uh, end up keeping Houston off the board to end that ball game. So Mariners get the win, so they had the series split going into the final game of the series yesterday, Day Baseball. And again, the pitching was excellent. Nice bounce back from Logan Gilbert. He was outstanding. Five innings, no runs allowed. Uh, Justice Sheffield out of the pen for the first time. He goes an inning, keeps Houston off the board. Sadler, Steckenrider, Seawald again. Again, Toro, the only one to drive in a run. This time a sack fly, a one nothing ball game. And Paul Seawald was huge again. The right-handers, one-two pitch, and a strike three called on the outside corner. Got him with a fastball, and Paul Seawall does what he does best, and he sets down hitters one after another. This one with a fastball to strike out Carlos Correa. Mariners win one nothing as Paul Seawall continues to be one of the best relievers in the American League. I was looking at it yesterday. You look at strikeout rates for relievers and Mariners history, or strikeout rates for pitchers in Mariners history. And you've got Edwin Diaz, Paul Seawald, and Edwin Diaz. Two different seasons for Diaz, and a 
Paul Sewald second on that list. That is the kind of company he is keeping. He has been one of the best relievers in baseball this year. He has been elite this season, and he's been a huge part of what the Mariners have done this year. As the M's claim the game won nothing, they shut out Houston for the second time in a row. They've blanked Houston three times this year, which is pretty remarkable. That's easier said than done against one of the best offenses in baseball. But the Mariners get it done, and they take the series. Here was Paul Sewald after the game. Paul, Scott just said that you he called you the MVP of this team so far for this season. When you hear that, you know, what goes through your mind? Um, I appreciate it, but I think if anyone's watched any of the games, it's taken 26 people every single day to get to where we have. It's a, it's a different MVP every day. Um, it, you know, our, our media team has a player of the game in their Instagram post, and it really is. I swear it's a different person every day. At six out of seven games, you'll have six different people, and that's what it's taken to get here. And, uh, you know, if he wants to say that, I, I really appreciate it. But anyone who's watched knows that we've got 26 MVPs in that. Hey, Paul, did you know it was a called strike three right away, or did you have to see Murphy's reaction? Because Visconti's got a really delayed, re- uh, delayed strike three call. It kind of looked like you look at Murph, and then you went crazy. I felt like he owed me after the slider. I thought I got him there. I haven't looked at the replay, but I thought I thought that one was a strike. So um, figured maybe he'd he'd give me that one. And I, you know, I thought it was a strike. I ended up seeing that it was a strike. So um, I think it was just uh, was just very excited. And maybe it took me a second to realize we we won. Maybe, uh, but it was great. Well, these these matchups with. The Astros with Carlos Correa, it, it seems like when you go out there, it's just much watch TV, must watch TV right now. You know, how much are you enjoying these high leverage moments against, you know, a first place team right now? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's why it's why we do what we want to do. I mean, you want to be in high leverage situations. You want to be the guy at the plate. You want to be the guy coming in the game in those big situations. Um, if you don't, you don't really make it in this league very long if you don't want to be in those situations. So, um, of course, that's what I want to be out there doing. I want to, I want to help our team in the biggest leverage spots. And, and, and that's, you know, that's why I play baseball is because I live to pitch in big spots like that. Scott also talked about the challenges of, you know, completing a four out save, you know, how are you feeling today there at the end? Uh, we got it. You know, it would have been easier if I had just gotten all four guys out. It would have been a lot easier. Uh, you put a couple guys on guy gets in scoring position facing Tucker and Myers. That's not, you know, that's not ideal. Uh, but I've done it a few times this year, you know, you know, in the outside, I was throwing two, three, four innings. So, um, I know it's been a while, but I, I know if they put you in, you're in there to pitch as long as they tell you to pitch until you, until they tell you you're not pitching anymore. So that's all I'm thinking out there is, is, you know, I, I knew I was coming in, I was trying to get Korea, got Korea, did a reset in, in between innings and, and went out there and tried to do what I could do against the, in the middle of the lineup. That's a really good lineup over there. You guys shut them out two days in a row. Uh, it, it, does it feel all the more rewarding given, you know, where things were at on Monday and, and how you go into tomorrow's off day, you know, as, as the calendar has flipped to September? Yeah. I mean, you, you guys haven't been able to come in the clubhouse, but if you see the clubhouse, you know, the Kansas city series, it is what it is. And, you know, it didn't bother us going into this series. We came in just as confident as if we had swept Kansas city. And that's what we've done all year. We, I feel like, our, uh, our, we haven't had nearly a roller coaster of a season. Our highs haven't been too high. Our lows haven't been too low. We're just kind of cruising through, knowing that you know the goal is to be in the playoffs after 162, and we have 30 to go. And 
And, you know, everyone's excited about the win today, but we're going to reset on the off day and come to Arizona, you know, as if we lost a series and ready to win a series again. Um, so, you know, the Astros, the Royals, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter. We're trying to go out there and, and beat whoever we have. And, and we're not trying to, you know, worry about, well, this is a bigger series and this year, every game is important. We're in the playoff race. You know, it doesn't matter who we're playing. It doesn't matter. Um, if it's a big win, if it's a one, nothing win, it's everyone, everyone counts and every game counts. And how about Scott's service? Here's what he had to say. Pitching, pitching, pitching. Uh, it is really hard to throw back-to-back shutouts in this league, and, and especially uh, against the type of uh, lineup that we faced here in this last series. So, uh, you know, starting with Logan today, I thought he was electric. I really do think that's the best stuff we've seen on a Logan Gilbert in any game that he's ever pitched in the big leagues. And uh, I, everybody says, oh, it's five innings. It, against that team, uh, the uh, the – the life on the fastball, the command of the the slider, the curveball he worked in there today, threw some good changeups, and he did not back down. Certainly, the pitch count got up on a little bit. You know, the first inning he threw a bunch of pitches, and it wasn't easy for him. Uh, but I, I thought his stuff was was outstanding and, and great to see. But you know, where he was at after five innings, ninety four pitches. We talked about uh, going into the game today. Let's try to get him out on a positive note, um, and then we. We did that. It worked out perfect with with Chef in that pocket with a couple lefties, and Chef looked good. Thought he had good life on the ball, um, threw a slider when he needed to, uh, big double play ball there. And then, you know, the, the S brothers, uh, you know, Sadler, Steck, and, and Seawald. Um, again, Paul Seawald, a four-out save, and um, four-out saves are really hard. Uh, people don't realize, you know, when you come in to get out of that gym in the eighth, sit down and go back and do it again, it does take a lot out of you, but our guys understand where we're at in the season um, and they're willing to, you know, do whatever it takes to, to keep us in this wild card race. And you need effort and uh, performance like we got, you know, in the last couple of days from our pitching staff, can't say enough about it. Offensively sack flies work. <laughs> you got to have it once in a while. And, and uh, nice job by Toro to, to cash in there and just get one run, but they pitched very well against us also. And, you know, we scratched out just enough to, to get it done today. Scott with Seawald, uh, I mean, obviously a big moment with Carlos Correa. It seems like those at bats in particular are becoming must watch TV. But how much faith do you have that no matter what, you're going to get through those moments with him on the mound? Well, he's having a he's having a magical season. He really is. He's he's you know he's been so consistent. Um, I think what stands out for me is his ability to execute. You know, you get ahead in the count, and all of a sudden you look up. It's two two. There's a foul ball. There's a ball it's three two and still make the quality pitch it, the ball doesn't often end up in the middle of the plate in those two two three two counts uh and that's a credit to him just executing uh you know keeping his heart rate in check and just pitching um done an unbelievable job for us this year for me you know looking at our team and what's happening he, he's the mvp of our team we have you know a month of baseball left ahead of us but it has been so valuable um, to come in and shut rallies down and, and, you know, just always pitching in the toughest part of the lineup. It's not easy to do. You mentioned last night after the win you, that it wasn't a must win necessarily, but how much better of a spot you guys feel in after winning two in a row, given the way things were at on Monday? Well, I just think last night's game, you know, we, we won that game and, you know, the fashion that we're used to winning this year. It's the big hit late in the game, a lot of momentum. I really felt good coming into the ballpark today and just kind of seeing the energy around our team. And, you know, I knew we were going to play in a, in a good game today. So don't know if you're going to win it or not. Um, really good effort, obviously, by our pitching staff here the last two days to give us this chance. But 
we're playing good baseball. We'll head out on the road. Uh, we got to pick up the offense a little bit. We know that, and, and hopefully we will on this road trip. Scott, JP scores a run, and he saves a run in a pretty big situation with an absurd play. I mean, you know, he grinded through a pretty big at-bat to get the leadoff runner on, and then he makes that play on the Correa ball. I mean, how important has he been for you? Oh, uh, you know, Paul Sewell may be our MVP, but I think that the heart uh, and soul of this club is, is really uh, J.P. Crawford, his ability to go out and play every day. I don't know if people give that enough credit. And, you know, Sieg's grinds it out, and, and Ty France is all banged up today, but J.P.'s right in the middle of it all. Um, he's almost impossible to take out of the lineup. Uh, he wants to be out there. He wants to be in the middle of the action, whether it's offensively or certainly defensively. So, um, you know, he's had a really nice season, kind of a step-out season. Uh, for me with what he's done and just being as consistent as he has been offensively and, you know, don't even need to talk about his glove. It's there every day. I mean, I know you guys work on stuff like that, but you start work on your defense every day, but that play, that's just, isn't that just instincts, athleticism and all that work going into it? It, it really is. Uh, you know, he's a great athlete. Um, and the only way you finish those plays, you got to really have a good arm and, and, and throw accurately and, these guys got that that long hop or that that, that skip over to tie in those situations. They've learned how to do it. They get the ball out of their glove as quick as they can. Just get the ball underway. If it's low, we have a chance, and uh, they've been super accurate with it. But it's tremendous athleticism, no question about it. Do Scott? you ever hear JP talk about his defense? Because if you ask him about any of those plays, like that play in the third, he'll say exactly what you just said. It's just instinct. I mean, does he ever break it down or talk about it in any more detail? No, and I don't think he wants to, quite frankly. They just happen. I don't think you have to put your foot in the right spot or get your glove in the right position. Uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's years of practice. But at the end of the day, you got to be an athlete. Uh, you react. Uh, he is a special athlete. Like I said, having the arm really helps finish those plays. So I don't expect he'll ever be one to break it all down scientifically. Scott, uh, Toro with the, the Grand Slam last night, sack fly today. It, it seems like every time you guys take the field, you can count on him to do something that day to help the team win. I mean, he's just an on-base machine. Uh, what, what have you been most impressed by since you guys acquired him? Well, for me, I think it's the consistency. And you have to remember, he's still 24 years old. He's a young player. Uh, but the consistency about how he goes about his work every day, you watch, he's so – a very professional approach every day in batting practice and, and he doesn't get away from it you know he may have a day where he's not squaring the ball up or maybe feel good in the box and he doesn't get away from from his approach every day and it says a lot seeing that he's still very, a very young player Scott that team can hit the fastball and does that tell you how special Logan's fastball was today they didn't they didn't track it well they didn't really barrel it up very much and he was I think he used it for 14 of the, for all 14 of his first pitch strikes yeah, I think Logan, again, we talk about Logan and, and, and Jared and, and Cal Raleigh, what they're learning. Logan learned a huge lesson today. When you're playing very good teams like that with that kind of power, you have to pitch inside. And he went after them on the inside part of the plate. When you're, it's easy when you're throwing 95, 96, 97 miles an hour. You still got to get the ball there. And when you do that, it just opens up so much. And you don't have to be perfect when it's out over the plate. Big lesson he learned today is when you get after it, certainly against good teams like this, on the inside part of the plate, you're going to have good results if you locate, and he certainly did today. So before play today, and things will, of course, change going into the game yesterday, of course, off day today for the Mariners. M's have won two in a row, now 72-62, and 62, 10 games over 500. They are one game clear of Toronto, who are 70-62. and 62, And funny enough, 
Uh, they have an off day today as well. They have Oakland coming up. So the good news, bad news scenario, somebody's got to win, somebody's got to lose. So that's what's going to happen coming up. Uh, Oakland, 73-60. and 60. They'll take on Detroit in Detroit, the final game of that series. They lost yesterday, so the Mariners gained ground. They're a game and a half back, so Mariner fans rooting for Detroit tonight before Oakland and Toronto spar this weekend. Boston won yesterday. They beat Tampa. They'll take on Tampa Bay again tonight. Uh, 76 and 59. They're two games ahead of Oakland, three and a half ahead of the Mariners in the second slot. And the Yankees, they have the first slot, 77 and 56. They won yesterday, two games back. They'll take on Baltimore coming up tomorrow. Divisions, still leaders, Tampa Bay, Houston, and the Chicago White Sox leading the divisions. Houston has lost a couple games in a row to the Mariners, of course. Houston will take on San Diego over the weekend, which should be pretty interesting. So that's how things sit as we head into the off day today, and the Mariners will take on Arizona. We'll talk about that more this weekend. And then Houston on the back end of that. So Houston once again, one more time. So we'll see how that goes. But a big weekend coming up as the Mariners try and take advantage of an Arizona team that has been better in the second half, but overall has really, really struggled. So a big series coming up. And of course, yesterday was a huge day. The promotion and extension of Jared Apoto and the extension of manager Scott Service. We'll start with a quick comment uh, with Rick Riz yesterday with Scott Service. Your thoughts about the announcement today, what it means for you and the organization and this baseball team. Well, I'm really glad Toro hit that home run last night, Riz. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> but no, this is, uh, you know, it's, it's a really exciting time for me and, and my family here to get the opportunity to, to stay a, a big part of this organization and continue to watch it grow as we move forward. You know, it's been a, it's been a fun year. It's been a couple, you know, I, I guess we had to go through a little pain to get here, you know, the last couple of years knowing we were going into a rebuild, but seeing some of the light at the end of the tunnel, some of these players coming to the big leagues and getting adjusted here and whatnot, and the fact that we're playing in all these close games, these really meaningful games as we head into September, it's, it's been awesome, and I'm really looking forward to being part of this here for a long time. What does this mean that you and Jerry have done this together and uh, along with a great crew behind you? Uh, it's been awesome, and I won't say it's, it's been rosy every day. You know, anytime you're in a working relationship with somebody for a long time, you know, there's going to be some bumps in the road. There's going to be some disagreements, and at the end of the day, it's a good thing, you know, and uh, love working with Jerry. I've uh, been with him a long time. Uh, we both understand how each other tick and, and, and how we think, and it's, it's really valuable, you know, when you're trying to make decisions on the team and players and what we're trying to do organizationally. So uh, it's not just Jerry. It's Justin Hollander. It's, it's our group upstairs in the front office. It's a scouting and player development group. My coaching staff, I'm with every day. And we, none of this happens if you don't get the players to perform. And our players have really stepped up. We've stayed healthy for the most part on the field this year and how they work. We're out here this morning after a late yeah. game last night, and the guys are going through the routine. I'm so proud of this group. Talk a little bit about the young players here. Kyle Lewis last year was the American League Rookie of the Year. And, yeah, Logan Gilbert going today. Jared Keldon got there in center field. Cal Raleigh is here. What does this mean about the rebuild? And it seems like, to me, it's it's ahead of schedule, but you're right now you're building the foundation, ready to build a house. Well, we're getting these young players a lot of experience and exposure, which is huge. Now, we need to see them you know, continue to get better and you know, perform more consistently. We've seen flashes from all of them. 
where you can look and dream and they're young and it's coming. But the key to this level is consistency. Can you do it on a consistent manner? And that, that another team in the dugout right now, the Astros have proven that. It took them a while to get there. Sure. But we're in the early stages of this. I really like the how our guys are wired. The makeup of our young players is outstanding. They, they love being Mariners, first of all. They're very proud of it. And, you know, they're, they're just busting their butt every day. You know, how do we get better? How do we put ourselves in a position to get into the playoffs and eventually win the World Series? And that's how you want guys wired. These guys aren't worried about oh, how much money I'm going to make or what my contract looks like. It's like, how can we win today's game? And that's exactly where you want young players. And we had a chance to sit down with Jerry DePoto. Here's that conversation. Shannon Dreyer joined by Rick Riz, Dave Sims, and a special guest, Jerry DePoto. And, Jerry, this was fantastic news today. Uh, we've been waiting for this for some time. I imagine you have been, too. Uh, contract extensions for yourself and Scott Service. And a, a new title, President of Baseball Operations. Congratulations. And just what does this mean for you, for the organization, going forward? Uh, first, thank you. Yeah, that That's to say first really happy to be here for this long and and uh you know six years is a is a good run in the roles that we play and, and to have the opportunity to do it for longer than that with a group that i love working with is is fantastic and i think it's that is the is the primary thing that we have moving forward is just the continuity of having worked together grown together our evolution i think we're we're all better at our jobs today than we were when we first started together six years ago, and that's very exciting. Jerry, I mean, you started this, and you're seeing the young players now get here, come to fruition, and take their lumps, and and, and have their successes, and a lot more are on the way. How do you look at the at the timing of this? Because you got one of the youngest teams in baseball, and here you are competing for a wild card spot, just three and a half games out, with a month to play. You know, I, I think the the right way to to look at it is we're having a lot of fun right now, yeah. and the really exciting days for us are still you know ahead of us. Which is, you know, this is a this is a fun team that we have. the The heart with which this team plays, the energy, the the really it, it's kind of a can do team is the is the right way to reference it, and. The, the lessons that this group is learning right now are going to benefit the Mariners for years to come because we really do believe in the talent that we have. And, you know, and some guys have clicked and really started to excel. Guys like Ty France and Abraham Toro who are really pushing us. Chris Flexen, who many forget, you know, this is his 26-year-old season. He's been fabulous. Logan Gilbert, who was for about a dozen starts about as good as you could be. Not for a rookie, just about as good as you could be. Right. And, and you're going to have ebbs and flows. And, and others still haven't gotten on track, but we believe in the talent and, and, honestly, their ability to get over that hump. And it's going to happen eventually. You make a good point when you talk about learning lessons. Give me some uh, one or two lessons that you think this crew or certain individuals have picked up that takes them on the road where you're trying to go. I think the most important lesson they learn is how to manage the anxiety in the moment. You know, it's when you are in a in a big league game and there are bigger crowds. And I'll use the Toronto series as an example. When we had, you know, it was it was pretty robust crowd. More more people in a stadium than most of our players have ever played against. And and that is with you know the the post COVID crowds. So 20, 25,000 people, and and I think one instance we were near thirty. They've never played in front of crowds like that. You know, this group has has yeah. played in front of cardboard cutouts and right. minor league, you know, stadiums, which are somewhere in the four to, to eight or ten thousand range. And and 
this is such a unique experience when you're playing competitive teams that are looking to go to the postseason and you develop a trait as a young team for the team that manages that anxiety or those elevated emotions in such a way that you are able in the highest leverage moments to exceed the the expectations i think that's an awesome story to tell as this group starts to grow forward and they grow into their primes which we're still you know looking forward to not behind what role has scott played in all of this a huge role. You know, I, I, like I said downstairs earlier today, you know, I, I believe over the last six years I've gotten better at my job here. I know that over the last six years Scott has gotten better at his job. It's a, I have watched him evolve in, into or from a very good baseball man who is a very good person who had an idea of how to, to initiate culture and develop young players into a mature strategic decision maker in the, in the major league dugout. And I think he has really evolved in how well he collaborates with the group around him, with our coaches and, and the, the support staff, with our advanced team and, and, and our baseball project people. He's, he's done a remarkable job of, of evolving as a major league manager and still maintains all of the good traits that he had when he came here in 2015. And, and I'm really excited about what happens now growing forward. Jerry, it's, it takes a village to do this. We see you. We see Scott. We hear from you and Scott. Uh, but I wanted you to talk about those people across the hallway. You kind of mentioned some of those. Uh, th- these folks do a great job to give you the information that you need. What's it been like working with all these people for such a long time moving forward? I, I think that's what excites me most about what comes next is, you know, we have an incredibly young team. We have we also have an incredibly young front office baseball operations and coaching group. I think in addition to having the second youngest team in the major leagues, we have we have the youngest coaching staff in the league with wildly creative and intelligent people, you know, that support both our staff and, and our minor league and scouting operations. People like Justin Hollander and, and, and Joel Furman Jesse Smith and David Hesslink and you know I had Skylar Shibiyama and, and Sam Reinertson who do our advance work in, in the pregame. Some of the creative projects that we run, what we're doing in high performance with people like Kate Weiss and Rob Scheidegger and, and the differences that they're making in pushing new programs. It's been phenomenal to watch this group develop. And, and I used the, the phrase greenhouse this morning. When you put a lot of smart people in, in small spaces and give them the room to grow with the expectation be just go get 1% better, they're doing that every single day. And, and, and the growth rate has been exceptional. If um, back in January, if I said September 1, you'd be where you are right now, four and a, three and a half and two and a half, you know, right there in contention, <laughs> what you have said. Of course. Well, well, <laughs> you sound like each row now, of course. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, we have to pinch ourselves. Uh, yeah. you know, and, it, and in many ways, the, it's the team's, uh, I guess, resiliency or their belief in themselves. And, and the fact that you know, we have a tendency to ride a wave. This group rides an emotional wave. And when we catch one, we have the ability to stay at the at the crest for a while. And I think that's a that's something that really excites me about what comes in September. Because, you know, last night was one of those moments that happen in a season where, where teams really get energized. And and uh, hopefully we are able to take that and run with it and and do what we can in this last month plus to, to put ourselves in as good a position as we've earned now. And to your point about energizing last night, coming off the night the night before, it was like, ah, it was a little lacking, but then, boom, you get that moment last night. 
Yeah, and, you know, just as easily as you can ride the crest, you know, we, we were flat. We were flat for the Kansas City series. We were flat during the, the first of these Houston games. You know, and last night we had that energizing moment. And and over the course of 162 games, when you play 30-plus in spring training and you train, you're going to go through highs and lows. And, and you're going to have days where you just come out flat, no matter what you intuitively know you need to do. Sometimes your body or your mind just won't go there. And and then that moment last night happens, and and you see the energy. You feel it. You know, the post game in, in the clubhouse last night was, you know, about as raucous as it gets. The guys were having fun. And, and when you're still having that kind of fun on August 31st, it usually means the season's going pretty well for you. Jerry, we've seen the talent accumulated. We are seeing it grow right now and continue to be accumulated. And I think the fans will look at it and they want to see one thing at this point. And they're hoping to see that next year. What is the next step? What do you need to do and what do you hope to do going forward after the season ends? Well, you know, we've spent the last two and a half years watching this this plan develop and, and staying disciplined to, you know, uh, augmenting that plan where we could. I think we've put ourselves in a really good position for 2021 in that we're going to play, you know, 33 more days of meaningful baseball. And, and I do think we put ourselves in a position to where if the chips fall our way, we have an opportunity to do something, you know, historic, really, to to have a team that, that has driven through a season with so many highs and lows, with so many emotional wins, and, and frankly, with some flaws to, to get to the door, the, the, the doorway of the postseason would be a phenomenal uh, achievement. More importantly, or as importantly, we are situated moving into 2022 with a young and incredibly talented team where we have been able to identify various places around the field where we believe we can help that team, be it in in free agency or trade. In years past, we've been maybe more inclined to trade rather than side free agents as we've built that that core and we were trying to establish, you know, a, a, a floor or a foundation for a team. Now we might go the other way, where we've built a foundation. We, we believe we've built enough depth at the upper levels to be able to go out and compete at a high level, and now we can augment it through free agency where we don't have to give up future talent to make things happen. Jerry, going back three years ago, what was the seed or the trade that sprouted the rebuild, if you recall, that you know, really got a, things going? I will say this, and, and you know, when we made the deal with the Mets, you know, the, the deal, the Robbie Cano, Edwin Diaz deal that brought in Justin Dunn and Jared Kelnick and, and a host of others right. who are no longer here, you know, that deal turned this from, you know, when we started our step back plan back in 2018, headed into 19. Thank you, Shannon. Oh, uh, <laughs> you've never acknowledged a, that. There's, oh, you are. You, you have driven that. So trade market, trade market. Shannon, Shannon stamped it. So when wow. we started that plan, you know, the the idea was to to churn a roster in the next two or three years that was going to be built around a foundation of players, which included Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz and others, and, and that the opportunity to make that trade allowed us to you know, cut deeper to dig into what was a more meaningful, you know, uh, rebuild of this roster that we weren't aware that we could do in November of 2018. But by January of 2019, we were in high gear. And and I think that trade really, you know, 
created this model. And then if I had to point to a trade in the interim, it was the trade we made last year in the summer with the Padres that, that brought Ty France, that brought, you know, frankly, we've not yet seen Andres Munoz, who I do think, and it is a sliver of a chance, but there is a chance that we see Andres for the last seven or ten days here uh, this year. He is now physically throwing all of his pitches. He's he's back to sitting at 97, 99 in bullpens and touching 100. And, and that doesn't create excitement about what that could add to our bullpen, you know, which is already a strength. So, you know, that trade really changed a lot for us in, in terms of, of really – upgrading the the foundation of this team and 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 i really i I would be remiss in that trade if i didn't mention you know so many viewed taylor trammell at that time you know as the 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 headliner and then everybody else was kind of part of it every one of those four players was a meaningful addition to us and what we've seen since the middle of june from luis terence lt has has (laughs) very quietly been a banger in the middle of a lineup to the tune, I think, of about a 125 weighted run created plus over that time. And I, I believe he's wedged in between all-star players in what he's done over the course of his last 200 plate appearances as one of the top 40 or 50 producers in the big leagues. And, and that's that's not nothing. And, yeah, I know and Ty France has been one of the top 15 right. or 20 in the league for the better part of a, a half a season now. He's been remarkable. Well, Jerry, it's been fascinating to watch, and now it's been fun to watch from the majority of this year, too. It's almost been like bonus, and, and there could be bonus coming up over the next 30 days. We hope so. Thank you so much. Again, congratulations and fantastic news for the organization. Thank you, and thank you, Shannon, for, for stamping <laughs> this and giving us a direction. I'm, I'm responsible for all of it.